So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy, and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownwright, and I'm here to help you focus on connection, because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids, and connection will help you live a life full of real joy, because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hello and welcome to Pause and Connect. I'm Rebecca Brownwright and I'm really excited to share this podcast episode with you today. If you're a mom, no matter how old your kids are, this episode is for you. This is episode seven and it's called Why You Feel Like a Bad Mom and How to Not Feel That Way. Mom guilt is huge in our culture. It's something we speak of so freely. It's a term, mom guilt, that, that term, we just throw it around as if all of us know exactly what it means. So just like the term refrigerator is gonna pull up an image of a giant box with doors that keeps your food cool, when we say mom guilt, we all have a pretty clear understanding of what it means. Now there may be some variations, just like I might picture a white refrigerator because that's what I have, and you might picture a stainless steel refrigerator. There are variations in how we interpret this term mom guilt. You might imagine mom guilt when you think of how much screen time your kids are getting during quarantine. I might imagine mom guilt as someone feeling, a mom feeling guilty for letting her kids eat cookies for breakfast. Um, an article on healthline.com, it's called Why Mom Guilt is a Thing. It defines mom guilt like this. It says, it simply means that per pervasive feeling of not doing enough as a parent, not doing things right, or making decisions that may, quote unquote, mess up your kids in the long run. So that's pretty heavy. That's an awful lot to carry. And it's a burden you don't deserve. We're walking around feeling like every decision we could make in a day could, quote unquote, mess up our kids. This for feeling that we're not doing enough as a mom that we're not doing things right and that we're messing up our kids is heavy. But think of it. We don't hear the term dad guilt. We don't even hear the terms grandparent guilt, sibling guilt, aunt guilt, friend guilt. It's just not a thing. It's just moms who get the burden of being made to feel guilty for everything. <laughs> That's just the way it is in this society and it's not fair. And I do mean everything from screen time to the sports we do or don't enroll our children in, to nutri nutrition, to whether or not our kids are dressed stylish enough, to or whether or not their clothes are matching, to whether or not we breastfeed, to how clean our house is, to our kids' grades, to our family vacations or our lack of family vacations, to how often we go to the library, to our yelling, to whether or not we're too permissive. I mean, it just goes on and on. We could sit around for an entire week without sleeping and list all the things that moms feel guilty for, all the things that get lumped under this term of quote unquote mom guilt. There's just so much. Now when my post housekeeping is not motherhood went viral, I learned a lot about how women are viewing themselves. Podcast three goes into more detail on the responses that I got from thousands of women about this, this topic that housekeeping is not motherhood. And I'll link to that post in the show notes if you, if you wanna see that or listen to it, read it. I've, I've got a lot about it. But I think what I learned from that post and the responses that I got from so many women is really telling when it comes to this quote unquote mom guilt. 
my post, Housekeeping is Not Motherhood, aimed to separate motherhood from housekeeping because our society has lumped them together so that the definition of a mom becomes basically someone who cooks and cleans. But that's not what a mom is. Again, if you haven't read the post or heard the podcast episode on this subject, check out my show notes for further insight into this topic. Dr. Julie Hanks, a therapist, talks about how motherhood is a relationship, not a role. And that's really important to keep in mind because when we turn motherhood into this list of things a woman quote unquote should do, like keeping a clean house and cooking for her family, then we're piling too much onto mothers. And that's partly where the mom guilt comes from. Now we've come a long way with equality in our society. I I live in the US. Women can work outside the home, hold political office, get credit cards in their own names, attend college, so much more, right? And men are doing more in the home. And if you look at laundry detergent commercials, it seems like we're in an equal place because laundry detergent commercials are featuring men making the decisions on what detergents to buy. They're the ones who are getting all flustered about the grass stains in the knees. It's kind of nice to see that for a change, but it's still not equal, okay? Now we know this anecdotally, like you just talk to any group of women who are in heterosexual relationships and you'll hear how unbalanced things are in the division of labor in their homes. But we also know this from statistics too. The US Department of Labor released the results of an American time use survey in June of 2020. I thought that was interesting. They put out a survey of the way Americans use their time. They found that in 2019, On an average day, among adults living in households with children under age six, women spent 1.1 hours providing physical care. And it defines physical care because I feel like that number is really low. It defines that as like bathing or feeding a child. And they must not be talking about newborns because that's hours and hours a day. But so for children, uh, for a household with children under age six, when they're doing uh, physical care, like bathing or feeding a child, women are spending 1.1 hours each day doing that. For their household children. And it says, by contrast, men spent 27 minutes providing physical care. 27 minutes, that's about as long as a show on Netflix, right? <laughs> um, it's less than half of what they're saying women are doing. On the days that they did household activities, women spent an average of 2.5 hours on these activities while men spent 1.9 hours. So again, less. And on an average day, 22% of men did housework such as cleaning or laundry. So just an average day, 22% of men, less than a quarter of men are doing housework, such as cleaning or laundry, compared with 46% of women. So about half the women in the country are doing this every day, right? And while men have increased their work at home, so have women. The report showed that from 2003 to 2019, the share of men doing food preparation and cleanup on an average day increased from 35% to 48%. So that's great. Like we do have anecdotally, we do hear that men are doing more in the homes and those Tide commercials are sure telling us that they are. Um, However, the share of women doing food preparation and cleanup on an average day from 2003 to 2019 went from 66% to 70%. So I wanna say those numbers again, in that time period, 2003 to 2019, 35% of men were doing food preparation and cleanup, and that increased to just 48%, still not even half. And 66% of women were doing the food preparation and cleanup in 2003, and to 2019, it increased to 70% on an average day. So both increased, and half of men still aren't even doing this. So even though men are doing more housework than they used to, women are still doing more. And 
again, housekeeping is still equated with motherhood. Like when you picture a mom, she's got a broom in her hand or she's doing the dishes or she's cleaning up. Like, like that's, that's motherhood. That's what we picture. That's what we expect of women. And as long as this keeps happening, women are going to keep judging their worth as mothers by the cleanliness of their homes and the quality of their meals and all of that kind of stuff. And then others are going to judge women and mothers for these same things. So it's really unfair. (laughs) And it starts to make sense why we feel mom guilt, right? When we're comparing motherhood, we're equating motherhood with housekeeping. And housekeeping is so difficult to stay on top of. It's really making sense why we feel mom guilt often. But this isn't all, as if you're a woman, as you definitely know, women handle the emotional labor of keeping a family running smoothly too. So the Atlantic quoted emotional labor as free, invisible work women do to keep track of the little things in life that taken together amount to the big things in life, the glue that holds households and by extension, proper society together. So the invisible things that hold households and society together. That's what women and moms are doing every single day. I know when I read that definition, I immediately think of about a dozen invisible things that I know moms do every day. And then if I, if I were to sit down and think longer, it would be dozens and dozens and dozens of things that we're doing that are invisible, that people are just expecting of us. This emotional labor is tied up in our motherhood. A mom is the one who, who remembers that there's a, a birthday party that her kids have to go to. She's the one who buys the gift for the friend. She's the one who RSVPs. She's the one who drives her kid to the party, then rearranges the day so that the rest of the family can get to where they need to be, but she won't forget to pick up the kid at the birthday party. And she might assign some of that out, but she's the one assigning it out. So that it's just so much. And this is what good moms, and I have air quotes when I'm saying good moms, that that's what good moms do in our society. That's what we expect, right? But that's just one example. That birthday party is one example. Sit down and list out everything you do to keep your family running smoothly, from rotating the clothing each season, to looking for deals, to grocery shopping, planning holidays, sending your mother-in-law a birthday gift, remembering to sign permission slips, researching extracurricular activities, paying attention to your kids' friends, and so much more. This is what we're told good moms do. And some of it doesn't even have anything to do with being a mom. For example, your husband's mother's birthday gift has nothing to do with your relationship with your child, yet it's still one of the things that moms are expected to take on. It's just what's expected, and many of us don't even stop to think if we should be the ones doing this or not. Now, it's not our fault. I'm not raining down on us as women. We are not the problem in this, okay? It's what's been modeled for us and expected of us by society. And so we tend to create these images of what a mom does and then we do everything we can to make sure that we do it all because we wanna be good at, at, at motherhood. We wanna be good at what we're doing. But think about how unfair this is. We went from being carefree single women, and maybe not necessarily carefree, but we, we, we were single women who managed ourselves. We managed our own goals. We managed our needs and our finances all on our own. And then now that we're mothers, we're doing that for every single person in our house and probably the pets too, honestly. And we're told by society that this is our job, okay? Now, some women can do this without it weighing them down. Some, some are really good at, at managing all of this, but many of us can't. 
Many of us can't do this. Many of us lack the skills to manage all of this because it's, it's a lot of skills and we're not born with these skills. But you know what we do? We go out and we find those skills and we find the techniques. But that's also just adding more burdens onto our already heavy shoulders. So moms, <laughs> we're exhausted. And because all of this is being tied to motherhood, we're judging our motherhood so harshly. We're realizing, let's say we forgot to update the snow clothing this year and there is the first snowstorm out there outside our door and our kids don't have any mittens that fit. And now what do we feel? We feel mom guilt. Now we feel that we are bad moms. Now we don't say we just forgot to do something in our overscheduled lives. That, that's a good thing to say, to explain that. And we don't even say it's our male partner's faults for forgetting to update the snow clothing. Either of these explanations would make complete sense, but that's not the narrative society tells us and it's not the narrative we follow. Instead, the problem is us, the moms. And so enter mom guilt. We feel we're failures, we feel we're bad moms. And now with this mitten example, our children can't play outside or their fingers are gonna freeze on the way to school and we are bad moms and we have mom guilt. We've been tasked with more than we deserve to be tasked with, okay? Our brains are full to exploding with all that we need to remember and do. And it makes complete sense that we're gonna drop the ball when we have all of this thrust onto us all the time. But instead of recognizing the extremes of our situation as moms in this society, what we end up doing it is we lump it all together as motherhood, and then we notice our mistakes or something that we're not good at, and what, we, what do we experience? We experience mom guilt. It's okay to feel guilty for your child's cold fingers, but why do we qualify it as mom guilt? If we have a partner, there's two of us who could have remembered this. And no matter what, your relationship with your child, remember that definition, motherhood is a relationship, not a role. Your relationship with your child is not about your to-do list. So if you forget the mittens, you're not a bad mom. And your husband wouldn't be a bad dad if he forgot the mittens, right? We're not holding him to that same standard. I often think that that's really helpful to help us see what's going on when we, when we recognize that we don't do the same thing to men. The problem is not you. The problem is not us as mothers. The problem is that we've been sold this narrative that we can and should do it all. We've been told we're naturally good at this. Like we have something different in us that makes us good at managing all of this. That's what we've been told. We've been told it's our job, but none of that is true and it's harmful. So how do we stop this? How do we change our lives so that we don't have to be defined and controlled by this so-called mom guilt? Well, if you've, I have some ideas for you and if you've been around here for a second or two, you'll know I'm gonna start by talking about connection. I'm gonna to explain to you how connection with your child can heal this, and then I'm also gonna share other tips on how to step away from mom guilt. I have quite a few. So the first, connection. Let's first start by talking about how connection helps to eliminate mom guilt. And I'm gonna explain this by telling you a story about how I learned this for myself. One of my children struggled with really extreme emotions. I didn't understand her at all, and I now know I contributed to her extreme outbursts but at the time I felt like she was just out of control and all we needed to do was just put a stop to her difficult behavior. If you 
If you know this, if you have a child like this or a relationship like this, like please send me a message sometime because not everybody understands this. This this was really, really hard. Now, I loved her fiercely, but our challenges had gone on for so long that I kind of, without realizing it, had assumed that we would just always have this barrier in our relationship. I knew I was never gonna stop loving her, but I felt that I couldn't show her my love in a way that she could receive. And so when I looked to the future, it felt pretty dismal. Like maybe a few moments of happiness would be peppered in, but mostly I felt like we were just gonna have a strained relationship. And I felt so guilty. Was it something I had done? Was it something I was still doing? It was really painful to think about my role in this relationship. I thought if I could just be a more patient mom, a kinder mom, a more fun mom, would we have these same problems? You know, what was I missing? Nobody I knew was having similar problems with their children who were the same age. And that's that's why I say, if you understand this, like send me a message. Moms who get this need to stick together. I just felt really, really crappy as a mom and as a human. Uh, I found a really wonderful play therapist and I'm so grateful for that. Um, she's here in Salt Lake City. Her name is Pam Mitchell. If you live here, go see her with your children. She is fantastic. So our therapy involved playing together or doing different connecting activities while Pam watched. And it sounds really weird, but it wasn't. She taught me how to do things and there's there's little rules that you follow in play therapy that are really, really effective and, um, and it's not hard to do when when someone teaches you how to do it. So it really wasn't weird. But anyway, I didn't really know if anything was happening for us um, as we were doing this. Like they were fun, these sessions were fun. But after a couple of sessions, Pam sat me down alone. My daughter was outside the room and she said to me, your daughter loves you so much. Now during that session, Pam had given us a bag of items and directions. So we would pull out a card with a direction and we'd do what it say, what it said. Um, we did things like rub lotion into each other's hands. That, that actually is such a cool connecting activity. Just do that with your kid any age if, if they're okay with touch. Like it's so good rubbing lotion into the, each other's hands and talking about things. It helps. I use it with all my kids. But anyway, so we did that. Um, we told stories about each other. Uh, there was one card that said to share memories of, of what she was like as a baby. You know, it was just, it, it really wasn't hard to do these things and it was fun and it, it just, it just was really nice and connecting and I was enjoying it. Um, but what I didn't realize what Pam was seeing. So her declaration to me was the most powerful part of these activities. She said, you know, your daughter loves you so much, don't you? She said, it's so obvious. She soaks up your attention. She feels so good with you. And I have to tell you, I had no idea. I, I don't know if I expressed how difficult our relationship had been prior to this and how challenged it had been. I didn't realize my child loved me. I knew I loved her and I knew on some level she loved me back because every child loves their parent, wants, wants their parents' attention and, and admiration. But I didn't know that she felt good with me because our relationship was so strained. And I didn't know she loved me as much as Pam was describing to me. This was huge. It, it was a revelation and it changed everything for our relationship. So after connecting with my daughter, I could see her actions in a new light. The, we still had challenges, of course, but I noticed her affection for me more. I noticed when she beamed at my attention and I wanted to do that more for her. I knew our relationship now was not destroyed. I knew it wasn't ruined forever. 
And that was huge. Our relationship was good. I could see that now. Maybe it was a little bruised, but it was good. And I knew now that it could get better. So I took this this um, technique of connection and I began scheduling specific times and activities for connection with my daughter. Sometimes it was as simple as making sure I read a book with her at bedtime or that we put lotion on each other's hands. I'm, I'm telling you that is such a good one. Um, sometimes it was much more involved like going out to eat together or doing some sort of project at home together. Um, and by the way, she's 13 now and we recently recorded a really fun episode together on how to connect with your teen. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. It's episode five. So we do, we do lots of fun things together. We schedule these fun connection things together. But the point is, at that time, this was several years ago, I stopped viewing our relationship as a problem to fix and more as this beautiful connection that could be nourished and strengthened with the right attention. Now, what does this have to do with mom guilt? Well, there was a beautiful side effect. I began to forgive myself for the harshness of my earlier years as of parenting. I forgave myself for not knowing how to understand my daughter before. I forgave myself for not being the mom I thought I was going to be. I, I was a yelling mom and I never thought I would be. Turns out I was. And in this connection, I began to yell less, number one, and I began to love myself more as I connected with my daughter and focused on our relationship. And so I stopped feeling mom guilt because our connection was at the center of my focus. Our relationship was what I focused on instead of everything that was going bad, right? I didn't need to stress out about her behavior or whether I remembered the snow gloves again, going back to that example. Now, of course, those things, those daily things and the behavior things, those were still important parts of my life that I had to handle, but they weren't the defining parts of my motherhood. My motherhood now was my connection with my child. I can't emphasize this enough. Connection heals. Connection gets you out of your head. Connection gets you away from guilt. It puts everything in perspective. It helps you discard the things that really don't have any bearing on how good of a mom you are. So you could forget to upgrade snow gloves every single year and still be a fantastic mother. Did you know that? That's true. Do you believe it? I promise you it's true. When you focus on the connection with your child, you'll begin to believe it more and more. And I wanna interject here for a minute and tell you about an incredibly tool, inexpensive tool I have to help you build your connection with your child. On my website, rebeccabrownwright.com, I have a back and forth journal that gives you and your child prompts to help you write back and forth to each other about things that matter to the two of you. It's really helpful because you can get to know your child on a deeper level and then you can let them get to know you too, which is really important that, that connection goes both ways and then you can build your connection stronger. I'll add a link in my show notes so that you can access it easily. That's just an interjection there. It's a really, really fantastic tool. So what else can you do to let go of mom guilt? We already talked about separating housekeeping and emotional labor from motherhood. This we know now relieves you of burdening yourself with mom guilt if you struggle with some other aspect of adult life because now you more clearly draw lines between what a mother is and what an adult is. And then if you can share that burden more equally with your partner, that will make a huge load of difference. We then talked about focusing on your connection with your child, and that is, it's critical, it's key, it changes everything. And another important part of letting go of this mom guilt is figuring out where the guilt is coming from. 
Now this may be something a good therapist can help you figure out and you might need that and that's totally awesome if you if you choose that. But it's also helpful to begin looking at your motivations on your own and feelings a little bit more. Why do you feel so guilty, let's say, when your child watches too much TV? Is it because your mom always had enriching activities for you and you rarely watched TV growing up? Is it because your doctor shamed you at your child's two-year-old checkup because you, you were watching too much TV? Did you maybe have an image of serene afternoons filled with crafts and baking before you became a mom and now you're realizing that that reality just doesn't work? Do you feel like you work too much? There, there's just, I don't know what it is for you. But if you can identify the source of your guilt, then you can face it more directly. And that's really important because if you don't identify it, then you're just gonna continue to feel this guilt and it just continue to feel mom guilt. So don't bury your guilt. It's okay to feel bad that you're not doing something the way you wanted to do it. Acknowledge it, face it, and honor your feelings as valid. Then recognize that this is a trigger that inspires mom guilt in you. Name it. Say, I'm feeling mom guilt right now because I think my mother would judge my decision. Okay, that is so helpful. Once you can recognize these triggers and then can allow yourself to identify and actually feel your feelings, you'll have an easier time putting these things into perspective. So you won't have to define your whole motherhood by this one thing you don't like about your motherhood. I hope that makes sense. It's, you don't, a lot of times what we do is we see that we, you know, like we let our kids have too much screen time or too much sugar or something. And then that, that one little thing that we wish was better, that thing defines our whole motherhood. And that's just not fair to us because there's so much good about us, so much good that we're doing. And that leads us into the next one. Another way to kick mom guilt to the curb is to get really clear on what you value. Other people might value crafting with their children, but if that's not something that you enjoy doing, you don't need to feel mom guilt for not doing it. Now, I know this is easier said than done, so that's why it's really helpful to get very clear on what's important to you. Fill your life with the things that fit your values, and then there isn't as much room to feel bad that you don't do things the same way that someone else does. It's really tempting to feel mom guilt when you see another mom excelling in an area where you don't excel. But if you already know where you excel and you're actively doing the things that you excel in, it's easier to celebrate the other mom instead of comparing yourself to her. So an example of this, let's say that you love an organized life, you love scheduled outings, and you like a slower pace of life. This was really easy to write because that's me. I don't like spontaneity. It doesn't work very well for me. So the more I lean into this slower pace of life, doing fewer activities, having my days scheduled and all of that, the more secure I feel with my motherhood because I don't have to compare myself to somebody who does it differently because I can appreciate that they do it differently. And, and I, can, I can admire them for doing it differently, but I can also feel very secure in the way that I do it. So if you're like me, and then let's say your spontaneous friend throws this huge, loud party. Well, guess what? You get to attend and you get to enjoy your friend's creativity without feeling guilty for not doing the same thing for your child. And that is really freeing and beautiful. And I want you to have that. So go ahead and write down your own values and where you excel and then live that way instead of trying to live the way somebody else is or the way you thought that you should live as, as a mom before you became a mom or, or at any stage of this. When you live your own values, so with my example, living a slower pace of life, 
I do a really good job of living a slower pace of life. And I get connection time with my kids. I get the things done that I need to do because that's the way I like to live. When I try to, when I, you know, sometimes I get a little bit wrapped up in what other people are doing and feel like, oh, maybe I should be doing more. Whenever I do that, it just falls apart. Everything falls apart because I am not designed to live that way. And it's okay. And so if you are the spontaneous one, or if you're the fun one, or if you're whatever you are, whatever your values are, when you live into those values, then you don't have to feel bad for not being somebody else's values. You can just do a good job at what you do and feel secure in it, and then enjoy it when people invite you into their lives to participate in their values. And then you can go back to your own home and and do things your own way. Okay, another way to kick mom guilt is to help other moms who are experiencing it. I love this tip. Build up other moms. Tell them what you admire about them. Help them see that they don't have to do all the things and be everything to everyone. Use kind phrases with them, like say, I'm so sorry you're feeling overwhelmed and I really admire your strengths in this. This is not only nice to do for your friend, it's helpful for you because saying these accepting phrases out loud and then actually believing them for their friend for your friend is going to help you give yourself the same grace and admiration so let's sum up what we've talked about here we're feeling tons of mom guilt because our society expects us to do all the things and be everything to everyone we have more on our plates than truly any one person should handle now when we recognize this we can do two things We can offer ourselves grace and make changes to make our situation better. And we can work with our partners if we have them to make things more equitable. Remember, it's okay to point out when society is expecting too much and it's okay to give ourselves fewer expectations. Next, we can improve our mom guilt by actively making it a point to connect with our children. This will heal our relationships and that will give us less to feel guilty about. And it will refocus us. This is what's so important. It will refocus us on our strengths and our relationships instead of the things that we feel we're lacking. Next, try and identify where your mom guilt is coming from. Recognize your triggers and name your feelings. Be okay with relaxing your standards and not living up to what you think other people are doing. And that goes into the next one, which is make it clear to yourself what you value in life not what your next door neighbor values, not what your mother-in-law values, what you value. And then fill your life with that so that you can feel confident in who you are and the decisions you're making. And finally, make it a point to lift up other women who are struggling with mom guilt. As you're kind to others, you are going to learn to be more kind to yourself. I hope this has been helpful. Mom guilt is unfair, and I'm so sorry that so many of us deal with it on a regular basis. It's not fair that we have this burden. Be kind to yourself. Let yourself let go of some of the mom guilt. And if you struggle, continue to be kind to yourself. We've been sold a narrative that is harmful to us and it takes time to dismantle those ingrained narratives and then live life more on our own terms. So be kind and take time as you go through this process and please get therapy if you need it. This work is worth it. You don't deserve to feel regular guilt regular mom guilt. And let's just stop calling it mom guilt, okay? That I think we've said enough in this episode that we can all agree we don't need to call it mom guilt anymore, okay? Listen, I love you. I'm so glad you're here listening. You're doing a wonderful job and I really, really hope you know it. 
Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.